Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. How do you create a home that reflects who you are and inspires you to become the person you want to be? Where do you start? What are the steps you can take? And how do you learn how to be creative and put that creativity into practice inside your home? If these are questions you're interested in answering, you're in the right place because right here every week we talk about ways to improve your life by paying attention to the spaces you're living in. So welcome to the Style Matters podcast brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, your host, and I'm excited to share with you my slow style approach to creating a home you love, along with some really inspiring interviews with some of the best designers working in interiors. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to know, do you know what day it is? If you're listening on the day that this airs, which is Monday, January 10th, then you still have today plus three more days to sign up for the Slow Style Society. That's our monthly membership where I give you ongoing guidance when it comes to developing your signature style and creating a home you love. It includes monthly projects that are designed to help you develop creativity, put design principles into action, and make the most of what you already have by teaching you how to mix it all together. But you only have through this Thursday, January 13th, to sign up because that's when the doors close. So if you've been looking for a way to affordably pull your home together so that it looks beautiful and works beautifully, I'd love for you to grab onto this opportunity. There's a lot of information about it on the sign-up page. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on Membership at the top. But there's one more opportunity that I want to mention here, and if you'd really like to make sure that the slow style framework that I teach inside the membership is going to work for you in your home, there's one more free workshop left that you can attend, and that will lay it all out for you. It's called Uncover Your Signature Style, and the last chance to do that is tomorrow, Tuesday, January 11th at 2 p.m., Go ahead and sign up for that right now. Again, littleyellowcouch.com. Click on Workshop. 
But if you're listening to this later in the week, go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on membership to join the Slow Style Society, which again is only available through Thursday, January 13th. I would love to welcome you into the society. I'd love to have you on board and help you get started today. Okay, let's get on with my introduction of today's guest. Now, I want to prepare you for a delightful accent that's coming your way, because guess what? I've got my first Australian designer on the show today. Of course, if you're from Australia, then she'll just sound like normal speech. But anyway, yes, I have wanted to interview many Australian designers, but I haven't been able to make the difference in time zones work until now. You're about to hear my conversation with Jen Kingwell, fabric and pattern designer, quilter, and now author. She's just written a book called Quilt Recipes, and I fell in love with the gorgeous photos showing how her quilts are used in interiors. And we're going to talk a lot about that and what quilts do, what they represent, how they feel, what they do to our room, what they do to our emotions. It's a really great conversation. Not only can you follow her patterns and design ideas to make your own quilts from her book, she also includes recipes from her mom, who was a terrific baker. And when you think about it, it's the perfect combination for a cozy winter day, curling up with a soft handmade quilt and a sweet treat. (laughs) You'll have to check out the photos on the show notes page of this episode to really get a sense of the feeling that I'm talking about that this book has inspired in me. Okay, here's Jen. Jen Kingwell, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. I'm I'm so excited to talk about your book because it makes me want to start a sewing project. It makes me want to bake something sweet and salty and curl up on a homemade quilt while eating th- this home-baked snack and drink a cup of coffee. And it, the book embodies how I want my home to feel. So congratulations. I think you've done such a beautiful job. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and that's so lovely to hear that you you like the book. Um, it, it is something that I, I dreamt about writing for, oh gosh, 10 years plus. I, oh, wow. I, yeah, I talked about it and I, you know, run the idea past people and then um, look there will be people that listen to this that know me that know that the wheels move slowly sometimes <laughs> i yeah. i come up with ideas and then you know they don't sort of come to fruition but um i i think in a little way COVID was probably the catalyst that, you know, when it all started, oh. I thought, I'm not traveling for work. I'm not doing, you know, like I have, I actually have some time. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I could sort of concentrate on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm so pleased you liked it. I want to jump right into your background. And I kind of thought the best way to do that might actually be by you telling us how you came up with this combination of topics, one being baking and one being quilting. They're both in your book. I mean, it's a little bit more heavy on the quilting end, but I'm guessing that for you, both of those things represent home. So how do, what do those two spheres have in common for you? Why did you write about both of them in this one book? And, and I'm sure your background has influenced that. Absolutely. Um, Look, I'm I'm a country kid. I grew up on a dairy farm, and um, I just, you know, I touch a little bit on it in the book. But I, um, 
I grew up in a house that, like, looking back on it now, was just a home filled with so much love and so many happy memories. Mm. Um, I, my mother wasn't a, a crafter in any shape or form. She could barely, you know, we didn't even have a sewing machine in the house, uh-huh, okay. which, is, which is probably why I now still do everything by hand. But um, <laughs> she loved to bake. So, you know, my childhood memories are coming. We had a big old farmhouse, a big mm. old farm style kitchen with a table in the centre of it. And I would come home from school and mum would have baked, you know, that table would be just heaving with baked oh, goods that she'd made. Wow. And It's every kid's dream. <laughs> I know, but she would, so, you know, we lived a long way from a town or, you know, a fair distance from a town, so she would just go in once a week and, and buy produce. Mm. But um, the invention of the chest freezer, my mum thought that was the best thing on the planet because she could sort of do this mass bake on a day and then she would freeze things. Right. And she was amazing. Like we sort of, you know, my, my sister and brother and I always laughed and we'd say that, you know, any number of guests could turn up on a Sunday afternoon and mum would be able to put a spread on like you have never oh. seen because oh. she'd have all these goodies in the freezer ready to go. So right. I, I think for me um, <clears throat> that sort of, incredibly fond memories of baking just Mm -hmm. resonate with me so much and so that's been part of my life but then you know I love to sew and to make so um, I sort of explain it that stitching is my love language and I love to make things and give to people where my mum baked so if ever we went to visit someone you know it could be from the birth of a child to you know someone losing a loved one mum would give Mm. a hamper of food to them so Mm. I I sort of, you know, I think of the two things as being so similar in that, you know, every stitch you put in a a made um, project is telling someone how how much you love them and how fond of them you are. But my mother did that with with baking and food. So that was sort of, for me, the, the, the thread that linked the two. So, so generosity is something that you value clearly. And, and I, I love I love being generous in our own homes and I love that feeling of welcoming people in and giving of yourself and and that all comes through so beautifully in this book. The photos are just gorgeous. I mean, like I said, the the book makes me want to curl up on a quilt and just, you know, spend the day chatting with someone and not really doing much else. Just a little eating. (laughs) A little eating, exactly. In your introduction, you say that one of the things you wanted to do by writing this book is to bring the art of quilting into focus for interior design inspiration. And I I thought that was really interesting because to me that means you you sort of saw that something was missing uh, in the interior space. So what do you think quilts bring into our interiors? Look, it's probably not so much that something's missing in it because I think interior designers and stylists do such a beautiful job, but I think it was more the opportunity um, of using a traditional quilt in that um, sphere was sort of a, a missed opportunity really, okay. only because um, we, you know, I I love interior um, design and decorating and I just I look at magazines and I you know follow so many stylists and things on social media and you know, mm-hmm. I, I look at the fact that they'll pop a you know perhaps a piece of um, like a 
what am I trying to say, some sort of a throw on the end of a bed that might be a printed fabric or something, but it will just be one fabric. And I thought, what is it about quilts that stylists are not using a traditional quilt in that sort of field? And I I eventually came up with the idea that it it can't be purchased. It is something that's made and stylists (sighs) probably don't want to use it for that reason because – there will then be questions about when, where could I purchase right. that lovely quilt on the end of the bed. So that may be the reason. But uh-huh. I just sort of, I feel that, you know, a relatively traditional quilt can still look incredibly modern in, mm. in the right setting. Mm-hmm. And also we just have so many, like the fabrics that are available to people to use now are so amazing. There are so many incredible fabric designers out there within the quilting field that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just sort of think all those colours, all those choices that you have to make something incredibly beautiful and use, and it's functional, you know, it's right. You can, absolutely use it as well so that was that was sort of my idea behind it yes I I I really understand what you're saying and I I'm wondering if that 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 could very well be true that that you really can't source that exact same quilt if a designer were to use it but the people who listen to this podcast primarily don't work with designers they they are creating their own homes and so quilts are perfect for that we are striving to make our own homes feel very personal very one of a kind and that of course is the beauty of quilts whether whether you purchase them from from a maker or whether you make them yourselves and uh, so I think this is really right up our alley, and, and I, I really encourage everyone to to go get this book because I guarantee that at the end of it, you're either going to want to start sewing, even if you've never done it before, or you're going to want to seek out some some makers of, of quilts because they just give so much depth to the spaces, so much so much so many layers to um, to a room, and. I guess that that leads me to want to talk about the quilting projects themselves and how you put these different patterns together and how you understand how to create a, a beautiful field of mixed patterns, mixed colors. But before we do, I want to just go back to something you said about a traditional quilt working with modern interiors. And I also want to mention that some of your quilt patterns, designs are very modern to my eye, but could also work in traditional spaces. So Mm -hmm. before I forget about that, let me just ask you, how do you think that juxtaposition works or why, I guess, why do you think it works? Look, I, I really, I struggle to answer that question. There's something about a quilt and I don't know what it is, but there's something about quilting that it, it, you know, it can override the time really it Mm. you know there are so many beautiful vintage and antique quilts that you pick them up and there's there's a feel to them I I know Mm -hmm. it sounds it sort of sounds a bit cliche but I I think the fact that someone has sat there stitching them they sort of transgress time somehow Mm. and it for me that I love that like I've got a, a quite a collection of vintage quilts that I've gathered over do. the years yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just because I'm drawn to them there is something about them and my favorite one is just a three color quilt it's just mm. made with three fabrics but um the last three bolt blocks down in the sort of bottom right hand corner 
clearly the maker ran out of fabric and there's just three <laughs> blocks that are made with, you know, similar but different fabric. And that was the reason that I purchased that quilt. Of course. For those three quirky little bits in the corner. So right. um, it's just for me, um, I think, yeah, look, I've got this real thing about use things in your home that you love. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily purchase something knowing exactly where it's going to go in my home. I will usually purchase something think, oh, I love that. Then I'll wander around the house and see where I'm going to put it. And I just I just find and I find for me quilting is the same. I use the fabrics that I love. I don't necessarily follow any great rule of colour or anything like that. It's just if I pick two pieces of fabric up and I like like them sitting side by side, I'll stitch them side by side. And that for me, and then in the end, because I love every fabric in that piece, I end up loving the piece. So that, yeah. that's that's actually uh, leads me to my to, to skip over what I was going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a different question. I'm going to switch up the order a little bit because. I, too, collect fabrics. I mean, I just cannot help myself if I'm at a vintage show or an antiques fair and I and I see a booth that's all old fabrics. I, I, I have no project in mind. I have no particular, you know, window that needs new curtains or I've got a gazillion throw pillows that I've already tried to make myself. Um, I can't help it. And yet, a lot of those fabrics are just sitting in a bin and it's like I'm a little bit afraid to cut them to use them because well what if I don't like the project or you know I'm not I'm not I mean I'm not an experienced sewer or quilter and so how do you think we approach the very beginning of a project or how do you approach it if you you, you've got a pile of fabrics in front of you how do you know which ones are going to stay which ones you're not going to use for this project? Like, do you do you do you have a complete vision in mind first? No, look, I never have a complete vision. Some quilters do, some you know designers do. Yeah, but I'm. I always um, I like to call myself organic because it sounds better than disorganized. But um, <laughs> I do. I quite often will start off with. Um, one or two fabrics that I love that I know are going to be in that piece, and then I will literally audition other pieces. Ah. Uh with them and you know and then I'll sit with it for a little while and have a look and you know and as I'm making things there there is the odd occasion that I will make a you know particular part and think that's not working I need to add in more whatever Um, Uh I use a design wall a lot so that I can stand back and get a really good perspective of how it's how it's looking and that I've got a good balance of color and a good balance of depth of color and all sorts of things like that so um, I am very organic in my approach and I just keep adding and subtracting and I love scrap like I love lots of different fabrics in one project as you'll see in the book but right. um you know for me that's the fun part to always be able to put more 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 in there but you can being a scrap quilter I feel I can change how the project's progressing throughout the course of the journey I don't have to have made the decision you know, if I was only going to use three fabrics in a particular project, I have to know that those three fabrics are going to really work together. But being a very scrap quilter, I can actually, um, you know, add and subtract as I go until I get a balance that I love the look of. We'll be back after a quick break. 
assume you're here because you want a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Well, that's very freeing to think about that you don't that's the opposite of what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, no, I kind of plan it all out and then I piece it together. And this idea of a design wall. So you, you hang the, you tack up different scraps, I assume, on a wall? Yeah. So what I've got is a, um, it's just made from insole um, foam and okay. it's attached to the wall. And then it's got like a, a covering on it that fabric will ad- just um adhere to you know you can put a piece of fabric up and it just sticks to it and um so I I do I just sort of put things up there and stand back and you know have a look at how it's all looking together um and that's just such a fabulous way to to start like it it really by stepping back you do get such a good look at something no right Um, especially for something that's as big as a quilt Yes. Right, well, let's let's talk about the the projects themselves. If someone has just simple sewing skills, you know, straight lines, <laughs> and not much experience with quilting, which project in your book would you recommend we start um, with? There's a quilt in there called Dalesford that is um, it's really just it's like a giant log cabin quilt. So it's just strips sewn around us a central okay. square and then you just keep adding strips around it. I've added a little bit more complexity to it in that I put a few little pieced blocks, yeah. pieced blocks in there, but you wouldn't have to do that if you didn't if you weren't confident so where you could literally just sew the strips around the central square and keep adding. So that's a nice easy one. We're actually just about to launch and that on the sort of the first of Jan, we're going to do what's called a quilt along, just virtually there are okay. three or four of us on our social media platforms and we're just going to be talking about making different projects and what we're doing and what fabrics we're using in oh. them and things like that. So if anybody ever wants to um, have a little look at 
if they're you know slightly interested in making a quilt that might actually help but um, oh well so we will link to that in, in the show notes page for sure so uh, let's make sure I get that from you also with it I think you know there are going to be lots and lots of people joining in um, and posting things on the hashtag so um, it, it would be a great thing if anybody was ever thinking about starting or even just people interested in colour and fabric to see mm-hmm. all the different choices that the people, you know, people are going to make to um, along the way. So it, it'll be just a fun thing to look at. So Absolutely. And I just want to say actually to everyone that the very first time I ever sat at a sewing machine, and I literally had no idea how to use this thing, it was to make a quilt. Uh, it was to make a baby quilt for my best friend, her first baby. Um, I had no idea what it was doing, but I had a friend who knew how to do this sort of thing. And what was so great about the quilt? First of all, because it was for a baby, it wasn't huge. So it didn't feel quite so overwhelming. And secondly, it was all straight lines. And so she just taught me basically how to use a sewing machine by making a quilt. Because it was all straight lines, it it was not complicated. I learned so much about sewing. I mean, I don't think most people would think, oh, I'm going to I'm going to start learning how to sew and the first thing I'm going to make is a quilt, but actually it worked out quite well. I I I basically fell in love with making things for my home using fabric through that one project. It's a really good point because people think of quilting as being, you know, tricky, but when you yes. look at a lot of patterns, they're made up of all straight lines and it's either squares or triangles that are put mm-hmm. together in different ways to create a design. And then of course you can move on and do more complex things with, you know, circles and curves and all sorts of things, but a lot of sort of traditional quilts are made just with very simple shapes and yeah one of my favorite quilts um ever you know is just a quilt made with squares just big squares of different your favorite fabrics that right nothing more beautiful than just popping all your favorite bits and pieces in one in a quilt just made from you know big squares of, of fabric to showcase them so you don't have to make it tricky you can really right. make a very simple quilt and it will be just beautiful Oh, that that's so freeing to hear. It really is. And I hope people are, are encouraged to, to go for it and not to worry too much about the precision of it. I, I will say that your book, uh, the, the different quilt recipes, as you call them, are, I feel like they, they, they there's a wide range of, of skill level. There are some in there that are definitely for more advanced people. So if those of you who are quilters, you're going to find something in this book that's absolutely gorgeous. And then there's there's things that are a little bit more for the beginner. I also want to mention that there's at least one, maybe two pillows in there. There are, and they're quite simple to make. And, you know, I, I do love, um, we, we, if I say cushion, I'm referring to pillow. We sure. use the term cushion. Um, yeah. But they're quite easy to make. And I think like you were saying about doing a, a small a smaller project to begin with they're a great way to start they're also a great gift to make for someone because you're yes. not um having to embark on a great big project you can just make something small but yeah that i i really love to include a, a pillow pattern in everything i do just about because i just uh-huh. think there's so much fun for people and they're a quick project to finish and when you first start out being able to finish something having it so that you can 
get something done, it can be a bit daunting if you choose a really large project right. to begin with and you run out of steam halfway through and it's right. hard to get back into it. But if you choose a smaller project that's very doable, it does help. It does. It does. And and back to what you were saying in the very beginning about what quilts do for a room, the layers and, and the story behind it and, and, and that tactile uh, handmade feeling. I, I mean, a pillow, a quilted pillow is really quite phenomenal for a couch. We are so used to seeing mass produced pillows and a quilted pillow would instantly transform an entire living room, I think, because there's so much story behind it. That's true. And just to pop one in amongst the other, you know, pillows right. that you have just adds a little. And, of course, easily change, you know, you can change things up so easily by, you know, making two in different colorways or yes. whatever. And, you know, there are a days, most times you can whip them up in a day and you've got something beautiful to to um to look at right absolutely i want to move on to the baking section there's one particular recipe that sounds amazing to me and i wondered if you could describe it for us it's the syrup soaked orange cake yes all these recipes are favorites from as i say my childhood they were all my mum's recipes and she had this gorgeous little um booklet that she used to put everything she'd stick if someone else had handwritten the recipe it would be taped into this book and she'd always make a note beside it of who gave her the recipe and (laughs) you know which so it was it's sort of like a little um fond memories of of all the different people in it but that the syrup soaked orange cake was written on the back I do not know where she got the recipe from and it was written on just the back of a printed flyer so clearly someone (laughs) had just read it out you know told her what to do right Um, and I laugh because she says it, and I've put in the recipe that you grind your own almonds. And, of course, now you can purchase ground almonds you know, right. so readily at the food store. But um, but it's just this beautiful cake that um, you just boil the oranges whole and then mm. it's everything just goes in a food processor and you make the batter and then bake it. Then when it's baked, you just pour over a hot syrup that soaks down. Mm. So the cake itself is not terribly sweet at all. It's quite tart because it has all the orange peel and the pith and everything is in it. But then you pour this sticky syrup over the top and it just sort of soaks into the cake and it's just delicious so it sounds so good and it looks beautiful in in the book so I that is definitely one that well I probably won't make it my husband is has become a baker so I'm going to hand it to him and ask him to make it for me yeah that's even better (laughs) it is even better then I'm going to sit on my quilt and have my cup of tea I also want to say one of my fond memories I guess it's a memory comes from my mother-in-law's house and she she is a collector of quilts and I don't even know if it was intentional. I think that she's made some. I think people have made them for her. I think that she's had other family members that have passed some down her side or husband's side. And she, she in the guest room, she would have uh, on the top of this painted cabinet just a stack of quilts. And just that stack, I, 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 I think about it often when I'm decorating, actually, because the stack itself, it, it made me feel comforted. It made me feel cozy looking at it. It made me want to take one down and take it into the living room and curl up and read a book. I don't know, the, 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 just the beauty of having 
multiple quilts in in your home is it, so satisfying. There is nothing nicer than a stack of quilts. I think <laughs> I just think it's the most beautiful way to display them. Uh, yeah, um, it, look, yeah, exactly. It's really interesting that you say that because we um, years ago lived next door to a gorgeous family with four little children, and mm. I wanted to make the children all a quilt and. Mm. Kate, the mum, her house was incredibly modern, very clean lines and surfaces. Like she didn't have a lot of stuff in her yeah, house. It was, yeah. you know, very minimalistic. Right. And she sort of said, oh, well, if you'd like to, you know, but I, <laughs> I could almost tell by her, the tone of her voice that oh, I don't really want a quilt in my house. Right. You know, it was like right. that. But I thought, no, look, I am going to make the children each a quilt just <clears throat> and they can she can put them in the in the wardrobe. She can do with them as she wishes. Right. She said to me afterward, you know, like after the, they all had one, she said, I never realised. She said they are the first things they grab in the morning and they're the oh. last things at night. And she, she said it in such a beautiful way. She said, I think my children know that every stitch you've put into that is a stitch you've put in with love. And they they wore those quilts out they used them and used them and used them and it was such a she said to me one day you know I'm embarrassed because um, Bessie's quilt it's you know looking pretty ragged and I said nothing makes me happier than the fact that she's worn her quilt out you know I said that that just means everything to me but I think what you said so true they represent comfort there's something about them that just um the, the word comfort really does sort of come mm-hmm. to mind when you're thinking of, a, of a, a quilt. And if you've got a stack of them, it's, you know, 10 times more comfort, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about why style matters. But before we do, I wondered if we can kind of segue into that by having you describe your own home for us. I would love to be a fly on the wall and just take a peek around your home. What what colors would I see? What kinds of materials? Do you know... Um, we, I think in Australia, we decorate our houses in a very different way to um, other places in the world. Like where I live in a coastal town, so my house is relatively modern, but it's mm. mostly glass because, of mm. course, we're looking at the view of the ocean. So um, there's not a lot of huge amounts of wall space. There's a lot of glass and, right. you know, very few people I know here in Australia would do a seasonal um change of their decor we just that's something we don't do we sort of put up some Christmas decorations that's probably about it really in most people's homes so my house as I say full of glass um the where I have got walls I have artwork and then quilts add the color so my walls are all just sort of like a warm white there's lots of timber natural timber but yeah most of the color comes from artwork and from piles of quilts (laughs) (laughs) so jen this this show it it is an interior design podcast but it's really more about how we live inside our homes so how do you feel about the notion of creating a signature style why does style matter um and and i know you're going to come at this question both as a homeowner but also as an artist look i you know i mentioned before there's nothing in my home that i don't love i think for me, it's um, but but my home is also incredibly user friendly. We have, you know, I have three daughters and um, lots of friends, lots of um, 
dogs. We have a <laughs> we have a dog, and some people may be able to hear the new puppy. I was going to. I can hear the puppy right now. <laughs> he, he's been banished because he was getting a bit raucous. But um, right. because we live in a coastal town, we have so many people come to stay with us, like the the girls' friends and oh, our friends, yes. and so my home has to be incredibly. I'm not precious about anything. It's Mm -hmm. come in and completely make yourself at home. So I think for me it's about having things in my home that I love, but also nothing in my home is so precious that um, if something happens to it, I'm going to be devastated. I think I feel like you have to live in your home, like truly live in your home and – I sometimes look at houses that are so beautifully styled and I think I'd be too afraid to actually like <laughs> be in that space. So for me it's a combination of, of or a balance of just getting that right so that everything's incredibly beautiful, aesthetically beautiful, but also it's incredibly user-friendly because I want nothing makes me happier than when people come in and kick their shoes off and just relax you know that for me is the the ultimate compliment well it's almost like you're describing quilts themselves i'm thinking i mean they are beautiful works of art they're sometimes incredibly intricate they are gorgeous to look at and yet you you know you want to like you want to take it with you all over the house not just on a bed. I mean, you want to you want to like crumple it up and 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 put it on the couch and snuggle with it and 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 they're 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 so useful and so practical and you you want to use them. So I I think that that a quilt seems to be a bit of a metaphor for your own home. It sounds like to me. I think so. And then you know when you're done with it, it can go in the machine and have a wash and be ready the next day to start all over again. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for this conversation. I, I really, really love the book. I've been inspired by it. It, Like I said, it makes me want to start a new project. So um, I, I'm very happy to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Well, that wraps up another episode, and I'm truly honored that you chose to spend this time with me. Don't forget that the doors close to the Slow Style Society this week, Thursday, January 13th. You can check out all the details over at littleyellowcouch.com forward slash membership. Have a great day. I'll be back in your earbuds next Monday. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.